What's going on, everybody? Today we're back with another podcast on the Talk and Takes uh, segment, and we're going to be talking about the sticky stuff in baseball as well as the NBA playoffs and touching up on the NHL. Uh, first, Dylan, do you want to talk about the sticky stuff a little bit? Yeah, if you've been following baseball uh, for the past couple weeks and mostly the entire season, you've noticed that, one, there is a lot of debate about pitchers using sticky substances such as sunscreen or pine tar to get an advantage and basically glue their fingers to the ball so they have more spin rate. And for those of you that don't know what spin rate is, it's basically how much rotation your ball has. The more rotation, the more movement it has on your breaking pitches, and the more velocity it has on your fastball. So big advantage for pitchers out there. And this shouldn't be legal, but the MLB is doing a pretty poor job of uh, enforcing these rules. So pitchers are taking advantage of it, and we are seeing a trend of many no-hitters being thrown this year. Yeah, and also, it's not just no-hitters. It's just pitching in general. The batting average is almost at an all-time low. The pitching is just so many strikeouts, and the hitting is really what makes watching like the MLB just so fun because the hitters are electric on the base paths and just hitting the ball. But when these pitchers are using sticky substances and sticky stuff and – sunscreen, rosin, whatever it is, adding, like, a whole, like, six inches to a foot to their curveball or even, uh, it's just, like, it makes the game so much less entertaining. And I, they're doing a good job now, as seeing Jacob DeGrom was the first pitcher to get checked, and he passed the check, uh, of course, DeGrom, having a great yeah. season. Passing on to Jack, what do you think? Uh, so, once I, the first thing I've noticed, I didn't really know about this whole thing. I, like, uh, talked about Charlie with it, about Garrett Cole a couple times as they were, like, investigating him. But the first time I really saw stuff was, like, uh, when uh, Jacob DeGrom was checked last night. I saw it, like, all over TV. And, like, uh, I know, like, we all know he's, like, the be- one of the best pitchers in this generation. And I kind of, we all, I think we all kind of knew he wasn't using these substances because of his great past seasons. But uh, does any, what what specific players do you think could be caught with these substances? Yeah, well, I think definitely going on that Garrett Cole point, um, him and many other Astros have been uh, accused of using sticky substances. Because if you look at pitchers such as uh, Garrett Cole and Zach Greinke and Justin Verlander, at the end of their careers where they're not that great, but then they come uh, to Houston – and suddenly they're pumping high, you know, suddenly they're pumping high hundreds with diving, breaking stuff. I mean, you just don't see that from a pitcher, you know, that's the end of his career. And then he just suddenly joins a team. There's no new mechanics. There's no new, like, arm slot. I think, in my opinion, it's sticky substances. As much as I hate to say it, because I'm a diehard Yankees fan, I do believe Garrett Cole has used some sticky substances to improve his game. Yeah, and honestly... At the start of the season, honestly, I think it's like 70% of the pitchers in the league, maybe more, using sticky stuff. And we've seen pitchers be better than ever. And then, like, Trevor Bauer added so much spin rate, which is essentially impossible to add unless you're using sticky stuff to grip the ball longer in your hand so it spins more. And it's, like, it's impossible to add that much spin rate to your um, – breaking balls like Trevor Bauer did like Garrett Cole did and all these pitchers and they're just so nasty but once 
they start checking, I think the game of baseball is going to be much better, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, and I like this new rule where where it's an irreplaceable spot on on your 25-man roster, and you're suspended for 10 games, and the umpire has the uh, full green light to check. Because normally teams would be hesitant to check because they know that people on their team are using sticky stuff. So if they uh, try to search someone else, if they say um, – hey, listen, we think he's using sticky substances. Maybe teams will try to come for their pitchers, and they just don't want that trade-off. But it's a good point that you brought up, that a lot of pitchers are using sticky substances, but there's a difference between trying to get a grip on the ball and literally gluing your hands on the ball. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, I was going to talk about that. He is on the 60-day IL because of a torn, like, MCL in his elbow. And he straight out admitted, yeah, I use, I use substances to get a better grip on the ball. And when I couldn't use those substances anymore, my arm just felt different, and I couldn't pitch. But to be honest, Glass, that was so nasty. I, I don't think it's just to grip the ball. He's using sunscreen and rosin, he said, which is, I mean, I guess rosin is to grip the ball, but sunscreen is really yeah. just... Um, just to get more spin rate. And if you have seen his curveball and all those breaking pitches, oh, my God, are they filthy. And they get mm-hmm. so many swings. Devastating. Yeah. And, and, um, um, if you want to look up a YouTube video on the uh, pure impact of sticky stuff and, and spider tack and everything, look up Kyle Crick's slider. Uh, he was a reliever for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a no-name until – he threw this nat 300 and, you know, 3,700 spin rate flyer. And it was just filthy, uh, if you want to look that up. Yeah, I agree. And this, uh, I don't know if there's much more to talk about uh, in the uh, uh, sticky stuff, but maybe just the baseball topic. One player that's been getting really hot lately is Francisco Lindor. Yes, and, my boy. Uh, I've seen I've seen a huge trend in uh, like trend in him going up and up and up and at the start of the season people were saying he's overpaid overpaid I still think he needs to earn his three hundred whatever whatever million he made but if he's hitting these home runs like last uh, on Saturday I believe he had like five RBIs in two innings and I just think that he could be a big piece for the Mets if they want to make a deep in the postseason yeah and Francisco Lindor is kind of like. Not always been a momentum guy, but when he's hot, he's hot, and when he's cold, you know it's it's a struggle for him. But um, you know he's he's definitely heating up, uh, playing really well, two home run games, and all of this helping the Mets uh get further in that division. But uh, I think we're gonna move on to the NBA playoffs. Uh, uh can I just make one more point for MLB? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, one player I want to talk about. I think this is one of the First players we've seen in a really long time put up these numbers. Shohei Otani. Oh and my the man is can just oh. do it. He's tied for home runs. He's pitching lights out. I think he might be the MVP in the AL this season. Yeah, but also one thing about Shohei. Shohei, before the substance check, he was definitely using substances. I mean, he was one of the main guys. But hitting home runs as a pitcher, I mean, that's impressive. Like, that's... yeah. I mean, if you look, he has a four point seven WAR. He's batting 272, which isn't that great, but again, with 23 home runs. But also considering RBIs, the league average is like 250 or something. Yeah, with 10 stolen base, 
and a whopping three fifty seven um on base percentage. I mean the dude hits for power, has a bit of speed, and throws a hundred miles an hour with a nasty splitter. I mean what got what can't this guy do? He is yeah. definitely a hot take for me is the most talented player, not only on the Angels, but in the league. In the league, yeah. yeah that's definitely but um, moving on to now to the NBA. Um, so we're going to do some red-hot teams in the playoffs and some teams that definitely need to pick it up or they're not making out of their series that they're currently in. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. So, uh, one series before I make my fourth I to talk about, I really need to talk about the 76ers. I mean, they just suck. Uh, uh, I mean, his free throw percentage is uh, his free throw percentage probably worse than our, uh, ours. And that's really bad for uh, the uh, pro NBA player that is uh, all star in some in some of his past seasons. They he, they he's really got to step it up if they want to go anywhere. I think that the um, the Sixers need to get him out of there. But uh, my my take for the playoffs, I think that the Phoenix Suns are winning it all. I think that Devin Booker is the best player right now in the in like not like. Overall, in the playoffs, yeah, like he's the yeah. best player in the playoffs playing right now. I will buy that hot take all day. I'm hopping on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon. <laughs> I just think they have chemistry. I think that they have what skill. They have the coaching. They just have the team chemistry that it takes to win a championship. And the Lakers, they walked into this like they were going to win it all. And everything was going to come together, and it just didn't. Talented than they, they still stuck through it and they never quit. They're a very scrappy team, and that's all the requirements need to win a championship. Yeah, I, but I, I, I don't disagree, but I do think another team is gonna win it all. Honestly, the Hawks. I mean, they are red hot. I mean. Kevin Herter, when Trey Young is having a bad game, you step up, drop like 28, go right on Seth Curry in game seven. I mean, you have John Collins, you have Clint Capella. Like, this team is unstoppable. They're young. They're like the bubble in the heat right now, or the heat in the bubble right now. And, like, I, I, the Suns are great. CP3 is going to be out for a little bit. And do I think Book can carry the the Suns through the Clippers? And drop forty point triple doubles every game like he did in game one. No, I do, I don't. And I think that the Hawks are going to be the ones to win their series and get to the finals. I don't know if they'll win it all, but I think they have a good chance. I agree. And one more thing, and a team we haven't talked about this episode so far, Milwaukee Bucks. I don't care Harden's hurt. I don't care Kyrie's. Or I don't care that Harden's playing her. I don't care that Kyrie's out. Be honest. Put the team on his back and carried the Bucks uh, through the powerhouse net who everyone thought was going to win the chip this year. And I mean, Giannis should be. Giannis has really accomplished a lot in his first few seasons while like really getting like his time to shine. And I and I think that if the uh, Bucks win, uh, I I think that the Bucks can win. And I. Think that it'll, the Bucks will uh, easily, or not easily, in six games take the Hawks down. Yeah, I just want to touch on that Bucks Nets series. That 
oh my goodness, was that some good basketball. Yeah, honestly. And KD just carried his team. I mean, coming back from that ACL um, Achilles injury, it, it was just amazing to see someone overcome that. Uh, a weak James Harden, a uh, Kyrie that wasn't fit to play. He still led the Nets and was a shoe size away, everyone loves to say. <laughs> yeah. To the conference finals. finals. Yeah, uh, and there's only been a better top, to be honest. That was a great series, and I think the Bucks will make it far. And know what's so impressive about that is that you talked about the Achilles tear. There's been, like, only a couple players that have overcome that injury and got to the same, like, better than they were before that. And KD... Yeah, he's overcame that injury so far, and he's proved that. And I, I was watching, he was taking all the shots. Harden was just there. He was clogging up everything, giving the ball, holding the ball to the end of the shot clock. Like, Harden, you're playing on one leg, man. Pass the ball. You're not doing yeah. anything with the ball. And, yeah. I mean, like, I this might come from, like, a biased Rockets fan. Like, I, I like, I'm not bi- – like, I'm not trying – I'm trying to leave all the bias that has me as a Rockets fan out. But as we've talked about in a few episodes before, if the Ro- if the Nets cannot find a way to make it to a conference finals or championship with this team, the Rockets win the streak. Like, I know we're not, we were we're supposed to be like talking about the playoffs, but like in the future, if the Nets can't win the championship with this roster. They, like, they set their franchise back so much by giving away some young pieces like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and. Like I, I just don't, I just don't know. Uh, I, I, I respectfully disagree because the Nets are building. They're trying to build a dynasty here, and we said in our earlier podcasts the only way they lose is injuries or some bad luck, and both of those happened at the exact same time and in their worst shape and form, and they still only lost, and they still only lost in Game Seven. Over down to a nail biter of a game in overtime against one of the best teams. Uh, I'm not saying that the the Rockets are going to win this trade. I'm just saying if they don't win a championship, then or definitely, I, definitely. And I also want to touch on going back to what we said in our earlier podcasts that we were very happy that the NBA didn't form super teams, uh, like the Warriors and Cavaliers. It gave other teams a chance, uh, like. You know, the Nuggets or the Bucks or the Suns or the Clippers, teams that were maybe on the outskirts but made their way in because there wasn't really uh, one or two teams that were actually going to blow away the competition. Yeah. And it's really played out well just for the NBA in general. Uh, viewership is up, the fans are happy. Uh, it's just a good time in the NBA right now. Yeah. And the draft lottery is coming up. And it's just exciting. Uh, Jack's Rockets have a 14% chance tied with the first um, to get the number one overall pick. We'll see what happens. But I don't know. I'm excited to watch that, see what happens the rest of the playoffs. I personally think the Hawks will win. You guys think the Suns will win. Uh, you never know. But I'm excited to watch it. Anything else? Yeah, I uh, just touching on, like, the uh, draft lottery a bit with, like, connecting all these, like, playoffs and super teams and stuff. The draft lottery is one of the most, like, the draft in just in general is really important in the NBA because in the NBA versus other sports, 
one player can take over. Unlike football, where you need like all good eleven guys, or baseball, you need all good nine guys. We've seen it with Trey Young. We've seen it with Jokic. We've seen it with a lot of guys this season: Damian Lillard, Giannis. They put their guys in their backs. And if let's just say Cade Cunningham, let's just say he goes to the Magic or Rockets or Pistons, if they can get another a couple other pieces in the next few years, we could see them as a as a low playoff seed making it and beating some of these top seeds like we have seen in the past few years with some young players. Yeah, yeah, and I just want to touch on uh, the NBA. They are doing great, but the injuries seem unavoidable. I mean, there's just so many stars going down with hip, ankle, knee uh, strains uh, and breaks this playoffs. What do you think that is? Because the, play, I, the players need a break. The players need a break. I, I mean, mean, with LeBron uh, and what you were about to say, that there was not much break between the end of the 2020 bubble and the beginning of the 2021 season. Yeah, and I mean, that can affect uh, a ba- uh, NBA player or any athlete in a big way. But moving off of that, I want to talk about the NHL playoffs. As we've seen upsets, we've seen shockers. But coming down to these Final Four and Game 5 tonight for the Golden Knights Canadian Series and Game 6 tomorrow for the Islanders-Lightning series. The Islanders and Lightning, uh, last year was the same conference finals. I, uh, Lightning won in six um, with a double overtime win, I believe. Uh, yeah. And, um, this, and last night, the Islanders lose 8-0 after tying it up at two on Saturday night. If you lose 8 nothing in any in any game of hockey. That is just embarrassing to your franchise. Believe me, I know I'm a Devils fan, but uh, what's it called? Like, the Islanders, like, come on. You have, like, Barzell acted up last night. He got his misconduct. I mean, that's just not right. But, like, Everly, Brock Nelson, Kyle Clutterbuck, Pat Joe, uh, Martin, Zajac, Palmieri, where are you guys? Like, we, you guys need help, uh, and especially Varlamov and Sorokin. You guys are two top goaltenders that that the Islanders really need for you guys to step up as you have throughout these playoffs. We look at Tristan Jari of the Penguins. He did not perform, and that's why they lost to the Islanders in six. Like, a goalies like Vazvaleski, goaltender of the Lightning, he is the best goalie in the league by far by far, and he's been playing amazing all playoffs, and that's why the uh, Lightning have had recent success in the past few years like they have. Dylan, as an Islanders fan, uh, as you've seen, if you've watched a couple of these games, what do you see with the, these, these offensive lines with Barzell, and what do they need to do to step it up for game six? I mean, I just see a bloodbath. I mean, I'm not much of a hockey guy, but I still see them just getting out-hustled uh, and just the Lightning controlling the puck all the time. I mean, it looked like in that game five that the Lightning were just toying with a bunch of with a bunch of second graders on the ice. I mean, it was, it was very, very um, just disappointing. disappointing, to say the least. Yeah. Because you need to have consistent games in the playoffs. You can be inconsistent and expect to win championships. Listen, I'm happy that the Islanders made but if they lose to Tampa Bay in six, it'll be very disappointing knowing that they could have made it farther. Yeah, and I agree. But uh, let's give the Tampa Bay Lightning some credit. Braden Point, forward, uh, he just doesn't stop scoring. I mean, he has, what, 20 something goals this playoffs? I mean, him, Stamkos, Hedman, 
they just they there's just such a good line along with like some small other pieces like Alex Killorn. Like they're just really, really helpful pieces to help the Lightning win. And Dylan, as you said, it's gonna be very disappointing. But the Islanders have had so much potential, and they're they're one of the oldest teams in the NHL. They have a lot of old players: Andy Green, Matt Martin. They're they have a really old, and they have Paul Mary, who's pretty old. They have Jackson's old, old Devils, old exes. So, like what you're saying, like like if they lose in six, this is just a repeat of last year. They're not like like obviously they've had a lot more success in the regular season. This is just a repeat of last year. They're losing the same team in the same amount of games. With a same uh, semi good reason, like I mean that's just really really tough. Yeah, and at that point, you you just gotta like, you gotta switch it up a little bit. I mean, two years in a row, you gotta make some changes as the coach. I mean, you've seen the same thing last year. You got it. You gotta step it up as a coach. I mean, change the game plan, change something, and yeah, wins. I totally agree. And a big part of that is jumping on them early and shutting them down. Uh a, a big key to winning this series for the Islanders or Lightning is to score first. If this series has shown anything, it's the importance of getting on the scoreboard first. As in all four games, the team that opens the scoring won. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but let's move it over to the other side. Vegas versus Montreal. Montreal has a four seed in the... Uh, north of, in the North Division, beat went what was down three one to Toronto in round one, came back and won four three, then swept the win, the red hot Winnipeg Jets, and now we're against the best team in hockey, uh, as of uh, like uh, on paper, the Vegas Golden Knights, as the Canadians Carey Price is one of the is playing probably the best hockey. He plays his best hockey in the postseason. He saves it for that. And as a goalie for the Canadians, he's just been lighting it up. He's the reason they've stayed in it. The series is tied 2-2. Uh, we would have never thought that the four-seed Montreal um, would have made it this far. Game five's tonight. We bought on the other side for Vegas. They've got so many pieces with William Carlson and so many more offensive weapons. They just really, really, really got to put it on them first, like Dylan said, as they're one of the best second and third period teams. And if they can get on the board early and carry, and uh, Mark Andre Fleury, goaltender, can uh, stop them. I think they'll have a very good chance to win the series and then have a very good chance to win the cup. Yeah. And you just got to be aggressive. I mean, I used to play hockey, and it's all about just staying in it. It gets tiring. You get hit. I mean, I dude, hockey, if you walk it, oh, my God, I would never. It looks like they get killed out there, but, um, yeah, you just got to fight through it. And then definitely, and something about this series uh, that I truly believe in, is that whoever wins this game five will take the series. I think that game fives in a best of seven are so key because it puts so much pressure on the other team and it allows the team to and it allows the team to win to just relax and take a breath. So I believe if the Golden Knights win game five, they'll take the series. But if Montreal wins, they'll take the series. And a big part of the Golden Knights success is Chandler Stevenson, who is a game time decision before game five tonight. He's not that good though. Like he's like fourth line. I guess he could be a big part, but they they like they they need Flurry, Mark Andre Flurry to really step it up. They need Petrangelo to step it up, and I think some other key pieces is their defense. Uh, they got some 
then we got some more pieces with Mark Stone, who's uh, he's in contention for most improved this year. Max Pacioretty, who's really good too. And I mean, uh, like they're like they're they have a really talented roster, and their their offense with the guys I just said really need to step it up. And then along with their defense, like Dylan Coughlin and Carl Dahlstrom, they're two t- like really improved defenders, and they're young, twenty three and twenty six, like. Uh, and along with Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, like they got to step it up if they want to win the series. Yeah, I totally agree. It will be a fun, fun, um, fun, fun matchups for the NHL. Definitely. Uh, some good matchups if you want to watch. The Golden Knights game versus the Montreal Canadiens is tonight at 9. If you want to tune into that? That could definitely be a great, a great game to watch. As I said, whoever wins that game, I believe will win the series. So, yeah. last thing that you guys want to touch on? Yeah, there is. Uh, so going back to baseball, Wander Franco, the number one prospect of all of baseball for the Tampa Bay Rays, is making his debut versus my Boston Red Sox. And um, I, I don't know. It's I don't know how to feel about it. He's a prospect that's just coming up. I don't know. It's kind of hard to um, determine whether he's going to do good for the game. I guess we'll just see. He's a switch hitter, I think, right? Yeah, um, switch hitting shortstop. I mean, he's only 20 years old, and he has surprising pop in that bat, walks a lot, great discipline, has a great glove in the field, and also can hit for average and power. I mean, this dude's an all-around five-tool player, Chipper Jones-like. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be fun to watch. I'm excited to see him play even more. But uh, we'll, we'll see tonight. And uh, anything at last words for real, though. Um, yeah, so I just want to touch on some of his stats. He is hitting three fifteen uh, in the minor leagues this year at the alternate site. With a 367 on base percentage and a 586 slugging and a 954 OPS. Those are all great stats uh, to have with seven home runs, 35 RBIs. Yeah, that's all. One intentional walk, which is insane because he doesn't hit for that much power. But I guess Pitcher was just really scared of him. And that just says all you need to know about Wander Franco. This guy. Is going to be a beast. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, do well against my Red Sox tonight. But uh, we'll see. Tonight, but uh, I think that's wrapping it. it up. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, and uh.